0: Hello and welcome into another episode on the LaBoomba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Our lesson today is entitled John 18, Perfect Leadership and Perfect Submission. We're going to begin by reading from John chapter 18, verses 1 to verse 9. It says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. There is a shift now in John's gospel back to narrating the next events as they happened. From chapter 13 to chapter 17, we've been saturated in point-by-point doctrinal instruction from our Lord. Now, what he's predicted to the disciples comes to pass. Judas, his betrayer, comes out against him with soldiers to earn his 30 pieces of silver. The arrest of Jesus, like everything in his life, included some extraordinary details. Psalm 41 verse 9 predicted this about Jesus' betrayer. It says, Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. This statement in the Hebrew bears the meaning of being trampled underneath the feet of someone. So with the first phrase, it has a connotation of someone who's been supported by us, turning on us and seeking our harm. They are biting the hand that was feeding them. This is what betrayal looks like. Years ago, our organization had a student who had been supported by us from P3, connived to rob our high school where he had not only been sponsored at but actually had been hired to work at to help him as he tried to achieve further studies. Such is the nature of traitors. They don't care that you fed them. They are under God's curse, just like Judas Iscariot was. John is the only Gospel writer that records this falling down of those who come to arrest Jesus. When Jesus tells them he's the one they are seeking, they fall over. The text doesn't explain what exactly caused this. I think it's safe to speculate a couple of things as possible without pursuing the issue too far. First, I think it possibly demonstrated that these men feared the assignment of going to arrest Jesus. There was a time in Elijah's life where a wicked king demanded him to come to him and God rained fire from heaven on the captain and the soldiers the king sent to make his demand. Then again on the next group the king sent. With Jesus' reputation for healing the blind, lame, mute, and deaf, to cast out demons, feed thousands, raise the dead, and so forth, wouldn't you have been a little frightened of trying to arrest such a man? I would have been wondering what he would do. Secondly, It's possible they were taken aback by Jesus' boldness. These things took place in the middle of the night, in the dark. They anticipated people trying to escape. Remember, Judas had earlier arranged to kiss Jesus to reveal which of the group of men was the one they wanted to arrest. So more than likely, the soldiers were ready for resistance and trouble. But Jesus didn't give them any trouble. He stepped forward immediately, and declared his identity. Third, I think it's quite possible that these men were knocked over by the power of Christ as proof that they did not truly have any power over him, except that which God allowed them to have. Those things lead us to what I want us to focus on in today's study. In a very brief passage, Jesus gives us two excellent examples of what godly leadership and godly submission look like. What would you and I do if we were in Jesus' situation? Well, what did the disciples do? They ran for it. It was dark, and they knew the ground while the soldiers were less familiar with it. Our human instinct would be to run for our lives and to save our own skins. There's an old humorous expression about this where two friends are talking to each other as they walk through the bush. One of them conjectures what they should do if a lion attacked them. He says, you know, men can't outrun a lion. His friend replies to him, I'm not worried because I don't have to outrun the lion. I just have to outrun you. The lion will be content to eat whichever us is easier to catch. That's a funny story that illustrates what's true of all of us in situations where we are extremely afraid. We think of ourselves first. How Jesus shows us godly leadership is that he illustrates what he said of himself back in chapter 10 as being reality in his actions. In chapter 10, Jesus told us this is what leaders do. From verse 11 to verse 15, we read, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep, and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus had moments before been in agonizing prayer As he thought about facing the wrath of God about to be poured out on him for us. But how does he react when the soldiers come? He steps forward and tells them to let his disciples go. Who was Jesus concerned about in the crisis? Himself or others? He was concerned about others. So it's a very easy application for us to connect to ourselves. How do you and I behave in these types of crisis? Who do we save? Are we satisfied if the lion eats our friend, so long as it doesn't catch us? A true leader lays down his life for the brethren. John writes this to us in 1 John 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. You and I know what true love is because of Jesus' example. So the question is not, what is true love, but rather, do I truly love? We have all kinds of bad examples of leadership in the world. We've had bosses who won't lift a finger themselves, but make severe demands of their workers. We see many fathers who demand respect from their children, but are not present in their children's lives and don't provide the needs their children have to live. We see political leaders who want positions just so they can get money and enrich themselves. Jesus shows that leadership means sacrificing and serving. I also see an amazing example of submission to his father given by Jesus in this same narrative. The Bible tells us that all creation is sustained by the spoken word of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we read, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Consider then that the only reason Judas and his fellows could take another breath and remain alive was because Jesus was giving them the power to do so. Now, if you had that type of power and authority over your adversary, would you calmly and politely allow them to arrest you? None of us would, but that's what Jesus did. Why did he? It was because that's what his father wanted him to do. He was always submitted to his father's will. This didn't mean Jesus thought this was easy. Right before his arrest, he was praying like this. In Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then when he was arrested, Jesus spoke this way, in Matthew 26, verses 55 and 56. At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Have you ever thought God has given you too tough of an assignment or too hard of circumstances? I'm sure you have. We're not alone in that. We've all felt that way, and we see even heroes of the faith felt like that in Scripture. Moses felt that way at one point and even asked God to kill him to relieve him of his burden of leading the Israelites. Elijah felt that way and asked God to kill him after Jezebel threatened to take his life. But when we look at Jesus, none of us can say we've been given an equal assignment to him. We've never been sent to die for the crimes someone else committed so that they could live while we suffer their punishment. That was Jesus' assignment. Isaiah 53 says it was his father's will to crush him on our behalf. In Isaiah 53, verse 10, we read, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. How would we have responded to this? Would we have told God it isn't fair? Would we have said, He can't do this to us? Jesus said this of his assignment, in Isaiah 50, verses 5 and 6, The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Notice Jesus says, I was not rebellious. And notice the details he lists, and that he, what the extent of his obedience. The people tortured him, and he didn't turn away from their torture. He completely allowed them to do all that it was his Father's will to have happen. Sadly, many Christians do not follow Jesus' example of submission. Rebellion is the opposite of submission, and that's where many Christians live, because they don't submit to the instructions given to us in God's Word. Wherever we don't submit to his instructions, we are living in rebellion. Jesus shows us what perfect submission looks like in the hardest moments. Again, we don't have to ask ourselves what true submission is, but rather, do I truly submit to God? God bless you all.